Welcome to The Corner. It's a celebration and conversation of everything creative. It's a soapbox, it's an intersection, it's a gathering place. Here we go. What's up, everybody? This is Matt, a.k.a. M. The Glide Woodrow, and you are listening to The Corner. Welcome to episode sweet 16, 16 episodes deep, everybody. I don't know about you, but it feels good to me. All right. Anyway, on this episode of The Corner, I have fellow poet Stephen Kramer. And let me tell you a little bit about Stephen Kramer. He's written a handful of books. All right, and uh, the first book being Shiva's Dream, which was selected for the National Poetry Series. Uh, His second book, Tongue and Groove, continued on that path of getting accolades for his poetic doings. And in this book, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about is where I I caught up to him. This is what caught my eye. It's called From the Hip. It is a series of 56 sonnets depicting the history of hip hop. I mean, how could I not? How could that book not catch my attention? I mean, it's poetry, it's hip-hop, it's all of those things all at once. And it was just meant to be. All right, and then he did a cookbook like no other cookbook out there. And it is like no other cookbook because it is a cookbook written in haiku and sonnets. And that book is called A Little Time and a Pinch of Rhyme. Uh, Then he did Bone Music, which was selected for... For the Louise Bogan Award by Kamiko Han back in 2015. Uh, he has also gone on to edit an anthology called Turn It Up, Music in Poetry from Jazz to Hip Hop. See, this guy speaking my language. How could I not have him on the corner? I mean, seriously. And then his most recent book of poetry is called The Dis- Disintegration Loops. Um, and not to go without saying, he's also written a series of poems about hot sauce. And you're going to hear that discussion in this episode. Yeah, I said that right. You heard that right. It's a book of poems about hot sauce. Pretty fucking dope. All right. And beyond that, so beyond that, we've uh, we've seen his poetry in the American Poetry Review, uh, African American Review, the Yale Review, Harvard Review, Hayden's Ferry Review. And he is also an assistant poetry editor at Green Mountain Review right here in Vermont. And also right here in Vermont, he teaches writing and literature at the University of Vermont. That's UVM for short. And he lives in Burlington with his wife and daughter. 
Um, let me just tell you right now, this was a fun conversation all the way through. We're having a good time talking about music, poetry, process of poetry, and uh, and just why he felt like writing that book, that cookbook in haiku and, and songs. Um, so yeah, tune in. This is Stephen Kramer sitting down with me on the corner. Thank you so much for uh, for getting in touch. Get me back. That's uh, you heard. <laughs> well, you know, I. Uh, I like, yeah. No, you know, I, I write a lot. I'm on I'm on the computer a bunch writing, and uh, I usually have uh, email on in the background, and so I I. You know, I see when things pop up pretty quickly and, and, and uh, respond respond when I see it. So, yeah. For sure. And uh, it's uh, definitely not disparaging against like anything against my other other guests I've had. Um, they're all awesome, too. But you were the quickest to get back. I will give you that. Hey. Yeah, definitely the quick draw, which is awesome. So. All right, good, good. Hey, I'm good like that. So, uh, <laughs> yes, and uh, and and um, I am a fellow, fellow Vermonter too. So, uh, oh, is that right? Where so, are you from? I'm uh, I'm currently in Bethel, Vermont. Okay, nice, so not nice. Not too far from from where you do your thing. Yeah. So, yep. And Vermont has treated us well so far, so we're uh, we're happy to be here. You know. Yeah, uh, same here. Like I, I was born in Boston. Uh, Dorchester specifically, and then this came kept coming further and further into the states. <laughs> so, Got it. Yeah, I love it though. Uh, you you originally from Vermont? No, so uh, I grew up in um, upstate New York, and I, I guess you can only only really call it upstate if you're from New York City. <laughs> I grew up like maybe <laughs> ninety minutes ninety minutes north of New York City. Um, okay. But you know, in the city, the Bronx is you know, upstate, you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I went to, I, I found myself in, uh, New York city for grad school. I went to city college to study with William Matthews. And so, you know, I, I went there for, for my master's and ended up staying there for like 10 years, met my lovely, awesome wife there and, uh, ended up just hanging out for a lot longer than just, uh, you know, for my master's and, it's, it was a great time. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out to the great and supportive wives out there too. Because yeah, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's a baby. She's one of my most like proud supporters of this whole thing, and in her uh, words, that... yeah, mostly mostly because she doesn't have anything to do with it. So. <laughs> well, it definitely, uh, it pays to have a supportive partner, no doubt, particularly in poetry. Not, it's not a traditionally um, a big earner, and so having a supportive partner is everything. And good for you and, and for me to uh, <laughs> to be with the right people, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, definitely uh, extend my my appreciation to you uh, of your wife to to her. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. I will. Uh, 
coming up. Yeah, like I said, in all the conversations we have, um, I consider my you have pushing out in the world. But I, but what what draws me to the world outside of me is seeing other poets do uh, do their thing, and then when you involve hip hop and jazz like you have, I definitely get my eyes open and. I, I, I only have, I, I, in confession, I only have one of your books so far, but I've been listening to a ton of your poetry, as you were gracious <laughs> enough to put that on the internet. Um, oh, thanks. You know, then, so, but I have, uh, From the Hip is what brought me to you. Uh, and so, if you don't mind, um, yeah. so, so, so what, what is it about hip hop that, that, that you just had to write about? Well, uh, I mean, I think that uh, rhythm and cadence is what draws me most to poetry. Um, I, I love music, and in some sense, I consider myself to be a, a frustrated musician. <laughs> and, okay. uh, but, but poetry, you know, it, it scratches that itch for me where, like, uh, you know, I really need to be in touch with, you know, the rhythm of of language and of speech and, uh, you know, even sometimes more than meaning, I think that, uh, I think that rhythm um, draws me to a piece of poetry, you know? I like that. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm very much drawn in, in cadence as well, because that's, that's kind of the thoughts I like to write in, like, yeah. the, like the, how it all comes together and how it sounds together and uh yeah and, so, and sometimes i am a little less worried about how it, how it means or what it means especially to other people and then i get i get that look sometimes are you talking <laughs> uh, well yeah you know i think that you know sometimes we can ride a rhythm and you know that rhythm will take us to a place that we didn't expect to go and and i think that's i guess what's what I'm interested in, in, in poetry is, uh, you know, not sitting down and writing exactly what's on my mind, but, but following a certain rhythm, certain cadence and seeing where the poem wants to go, seeing where the music wants to go. And if it takes me into a place where, you know, uh, I'm surprised or I'm excited by the language, you know, that's what I'm in it for. I'm, I'm not trying to dictate what, you know, the, what the poem is even about in the beginning stages of writing, but, but seeing where it wants to go, that's, uh, that's a draw of me to it, you know? Oh, sorry. That's incredible. That's I like the way you're looking at that. You're, you're touching upon that idea that I was going to ask about um, how often do you feel like you have to force it, and it doesn't sound like you like to do that, so it's uh, uh, <laughs> as I know that words are not always well, no, cooperative, I... so... <laughs> well, that's for sure. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever read, ever heard of a, a poet or an artist who is not frustrated a, a lot of the time, you know, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, uh, that's what it's about is trying to be in touch with that, with that feeling with those, uh, um, with those rhythms of life, of language, of thought, of feeling, you know, one of my favorite um, 
definitions of poetry, Thomas Carlyle said that poetry is musical thought. And I just think that that's such a wonderful way to think about what I'm trying to do anyway, on a personal level is, uh, you know, trying to get down uh, things that are important to me, but in a rhythmic kind, you know, latching those things onto a rhythmic um, underbeat, I guess, if you will. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're speaking my language. So that's, this, is, <laughs> this is quite cool. Uh, I guess I, I feel like the musicality of poetry, like, I feel like often overlooked. And you're really, you're living in that with your poetry. Um, so that, that is quite cool. And like, obviously, music is a huge influence on your poetry. And, yeah. And, because it's, I mean, it's, I mean, you're writing, you're writing the history of hip hop, and um, <laughs> you got the disintegration loops, which like it, a, it's but... a. I've been looking at that cover right now, and it's got the headphones, and and I don't know about you, but because of the Beastie Boys, I call them ear goggles often enough. But, so, <laughs> well, that, uh, that's MCA. I love MCA so much. Yeah, yeah. ear goggles is what a lovely term for uh, for, for headphones. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And it's like the idea of looping too, like you know the samples and everything, and then like, and then you you, I mean I'm I'm walking you through your career, but it was mostly for the listeners because you know you know your stuff better than anybody. But um, but like, I I know that you wrote the the t- how how music shows up in poetry, and, uh, so from jazz to hip hop, and and again speaking my language because those are two two of my most favorite uh, creative outputs. At, that anybody has put into this world uh, mm. is hip hop and jazz, and uh, and then poetry being like to, that that to, to fill in that trifecta. And uh, so, like I I look at what you do and I hear what you do, and I'm like, this this is really this is my permission for you there if you'd like. But I look at I look at what you're doing. I'm like, this is just so fucking cool. And oh, I, I just can't. I can't get over how cool it is. To, uh, I I appreciate that. You know, Turn It Up was such a uh, such you know a lovely project. You know, I I, I I you know I had this idea where you know I'm I'm, I'm loving. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. We can we can like you know skip that part. You know. No, oh, there we go. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> working on the professional part of editing too so that that <laughs> well yeah you know if you're a good editor all these things uh they come out in the wash all good <laughs> all right so but you were saying sorry was, no turn it up was such you know um it was such a wonderful project to work on. i mean it was really difficult to get permission for all those poems and that was uh it's something i uh i i didn't know how much work went into, you know, getting permissions and things like that. But, you know, just privately, I had this kind of uh, selection of poems of, you know, about poems about jazz. There are so many good ones out there. Poems about, uh, you know, hip hop and obviously poems about rock and roll and and, uh, blues. And it was just kind of fun for me to accumulate them and have them all in one space and just see how, you know, the language changes over the course of the book. Um, you know, there are poems from the 40s about jazz 
and then poems from the you know two thousands about hip hop and you know the the passion for the music doesn't change throughout the arc of the book, but the language does. And it's really interesting for me to see, you know, especially ex post facto after the fact uh, to see how we express our feelings about music differently from, you know, the forties to the say 2010 or something like that, you know? Um, So that's, that's kind of what, when I look back at that book and putting that anthology together, that's what's fun for me to see is the is the change in um, in diction and in how even our syntax changed massively from you know the '40s to say the 2010s. You know, so yeah, it was really just a, a pleasure to um, um, to bring all of these various voices. I, you know, that was another thing I wanted to do with that book, with that anthology, was to bring you know different uh races together different uh, obviously uh, genders together i <laughs> and uh um i don't know just as much as possible to have a variety of voices talking about how much music has meant to them over the course of their lives you know that's awesome and i i but I, i'm sorry that it took a while to get all the permissions but that's very that's all <laughs> because like you get all the samples cleared and, and all yeah so it's uh yeah so it's definitely like I, I look at that that kind of undertaking and i i have nothing but admiration for it because you had to stick with it well yeah i i, I mean i will also say there were a lot of pleasures involved i got to be in contact with you know lots of writers who i had loved uh for many many years uh, and uh, you know, got to have some back and forths about with them about the project. And you know, it's funny. We as writers, as poets, uh, we do a lot of our work solo in a room where there's no one else, or we're looking at a blank wall, or we're looking at a screen, or we're looking at a a blank page. And you know, just one of the pleasures of that book is, you know, was being able to commune and, you know, kind of bring people into a tribe and, uh, uh, and feel like, you know, we're in this together and not, and not just all, (laughs) um, you know, uh, in our own separate cells trying to figure something out, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's, it, it, I feel like uh, all too often poets do like to be a little more secluded. So like when we can Mm -hmm. create create a community all the better and i love it when that when that comes together uh it's it's one of my favorite things that i've been prior to to the, the pandemic uh some friends of mine and i did uh did a, a poetry group together you know so we performed yeah. as a as a collective and we went to open mics as a collective so we mm-hmm. like not only hosted our own thing but we we went to places and People actually started recognizing us too, which was kind of neat. But but then yeah. the, pand- the pandemic happened, and we're like, oh well, now we're all by ourselves again. <laughs> but, but but it's also, I mean, I just think it's interesting. Uh, like music, for for most people, it is about collaboration, and so it's special when you know what you're talking about, uh, collaborating with people, with poets, with other writers, 
you know, it's, uh, it's less expected, I think, you know, that, uh, that we are to be creative in a collective space. And so that's one of the things that I love about music, right? Is that, uh, is that, uh, you know, it's expected that we are going to perform this together and, uh, and respond to each other and be respectful of each other (laughs) and, uh, and create together. That's not, that's not a traditional thing for, you know, for poetry for the most part, you know? So, uh, so that's, that's a special thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like we, I think we have a couple few centuries of, of that, like that brooding sitting all by ourselves in a tower writing our poetry. Um, I think yep. we have a lot of, a lot of that to try to, 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 to shake off. And, yeah. Uh, but that's, I mean, it's so like that's one of the many hard parts of poetry. I think is that, is that, is everybody thinks we're all in, you know, walked away, you know, all upset. Yeah. And, and so it's like some of us were, <laughs> I guess, but some of us are. Some of us take joy in the writing, and uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, or some of us go back and forth between the joy and the pain, and uh, and that's just life too. So. That's I mean that's I wanted the <laughs> so many different ways I wanted to have this conversation because like I, I look at your work and I look at what you're excited about and I'm like well, this is all a bunch of stuff that I'm excited about too, <laughs> uh, uh, especially the, like I said keep saying the jazz and hip hop and and although I don't know much about it uh, this this part of, of uh, I have to ask do you have a book of poems about hot sauce. <laughs> and the hot sauce, like there's a hot sauce culture because I've I've seen the I've, I've, I've watched hot ones and I've seen some, <laughs> some some people on Atlas Obscura talking about like there's this one dude that has like a whole cabin full of hot sauces and that's a lot yeah. that's a lot of hot sauce. So what what brought you to like, hot sauce? <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, I I uh, I actually um, I need to write or I don't feel. Okay, <laughs> I and feel that. So I feel it's, that. A, it's a it's a kind of therapy for me, and uh, so you know I have a number of books that you know they explore deeper feelings and my thoughts about the world, um, and then there are others that I consider you know in quotes project books where you know I I can't. Uh, wake up every morning and spill my soul to the world. <laughs> I just, uh, I think I would be broken if I did that, but I still need to write, you know? Great. Um, and there are certain things that I love. Um, hot sauce. I, I'm a, I'm, I, I just love hot sauce. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, I would even say that the, uh, the hip hop book, is the same way, you know, I'm not, I'm not like expressing deep thoughts about my soul or about how I feel about the universe or other people in either of those books. But, you know, when I wake up, I need to put words down and, uh, you know, I will write about subjects that mean a lot to me. But I don't think if you read either, either of those books, you'll you know, learn a whole lot about what makes Steve Kramer tick in terms of, you know, emotions or what, what, uh, what really drives me or something like that. It's, uh, so yeah, so I have some books that are, um, you know, 
delve deeper into my thoughts and beliefs and others that I consider kind of more projecty, where I, um, you know, I talk about my passions and uh, I do. I, I freaking love hot sauce. I, <laughs> I uh, had one of my favorite hot sauces today. Uh, I, I do um, love the Beastie Boys to death, and uh, <laughs> um, and uh, you know other other hip hop groups, of course. Um, but I think you know if you read those poems of mine, um, you know I'm interested in the form of those poems. I'm interested in you know getting across, uh, you know my my thoughts about those subjects. But you know those are not the ones that are really going to delve deepest into my psyche let's say you know right so what is uh, i have to follow up a question what is your favorite hot sauce then? oh i'm so happy you asked that because uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh, on a couple groups on uh, online that talk about you know uh, hot sauce is the major topic but um there's a hot sauce made out west called hot winter it's made in uh oregon and it is to my taste the best i mean it's you know it's not it's not so hot that it's going to blow your brains out um but it's got great flavor great texture and uh hot winter that's my that's my answer the best hot sauce i've ever experienced and uh i've probably got about uh, 700 bottles of hot sauce hanging around here. So <laughs> there it is. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to tell my wife this cause she's picking on me cause we have about seven or eight bottles of hot sauce going on. Right now. <laughs> what's, a, what, what's, what's your favorite, Matt? It is uh it's a, it's a pop Phoenix put up by, by angry goat. And uh, it's a death, mm. which is a, a Vermont company too. So. Well, I was yeah. going to say angry goat. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Uh, that's right up our alley. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So, so Phoenix is my like, is it, it's my current favorite, and it, I, I, I said I don't know much about the hot sauce. Yeah, but I do like a good hot sauce. So, so I, I saw that book in my class. That's really cool too. So it's like there's so like I said, there's so many <laughs> angles I just wanted to come to this conversation with, and so like the yeah, you asked me in in the like. I really want to talk about that. Just, 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 we talk about that. And the show I, on the show, I talk about yeah. music in every episode. So, but but there's this hot sauce. I want to talk. I want to tap into that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but uh, yeah. Phoenix is my current favorite. And I, I absolutely love that one. It's a. I want to say nice. on the. You know, it's, it's a four, but I'm, I'm admittedly kind of windy with hot sauce sometimes. So that four seems like but, a, a low number to me. So. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm also, uh, I know we're getting away from the topic of poetry, but, uh, uh, you know, heat is one thing. I'm really interested in flavor. I love vinegar. Yeah. I love, uh, I love, uh, I think, um, you know, some of the lesser hot peppers really like cayenne is my favorite pepper, which is not, you know, a super hot pepper, like 30,000 Scoville units or something like that, as opposed to a million or 1.5 right. million global units, you know, I'm in yeah. it for the flavor. And at that point, not, not, uh, not having my tongue burned off every time, you know, that's, yeah, me too, that's the thing is like, I'd, I'd rather taste it. 
and I'd rather enhance yes. the meal rather than like just destroy my my mouth. And then, <laughs> and it's like yeah. it's and I, and I think that sometimes like there's there's another one that I really like too called the goat rider. And that's a fire out of time. And uh, that one definitely has some kicks as it has a little bit of ghost pepper in it. Um, and yeah. I, I put a little bit too much of that on my uh, on my eggs one morning. And definitely, definitely get a little bit regret because of the pain. But like, it tastes so good, though. <laughs> so it's, yeah, that's the thing. So, yeah, you, you, you got to weigh the two against each other. Yeah. I know it's like I know I'm gonna pay for this later too because like, I'm gonna get heartburn, and there's other yep. disgusting things this is gonna to do to my body. But like, it tastes really good. But that's important. important. That's very important. And I, yeah. you know, I'm I'm one of the kings of tangents, so don't even worry about uh, not talking about poetry right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so All right. Uh, but well, too is I'm looking at the description of of the hot sauce family stuff. Uh, and 814 rhyming couplets. Uh, that, that, and I love that the description sounds like a description of not just a book of poetry, but a bottle of hot sauce too. So uh, mm. there's, a, there's, a, there's a humor to your, to your work that I, I really enjoy. Uh, so I want to put that out too, put, out that, that, put that into the air. And I love the, the, the humor that you come at with. Uh, to come out these poems with, like as I was thinking about mm. your your poem, um, uh, jump around and and from the hip, and oh, yeah. with oh, yeah. the conversation, it's like oh the bagpipes, it's like, that's a sax, <laughs> and I right. had similar <laughs> conversations with people. I'm like I'm not I'm pretty sure that's a saxophone getting abused right now. <laughs> happening right there. It's got to be bagpipes. Okay, okay. But, so, <clears throat> so thinking about process, well, you know, that, it's like that. That this is fun to, to, to look, look at that one. I'm like, that's that's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I did enjoy that. Uh, you know, that book. Uh, you know, the fun thing is, um, you know, people do research for their books, and the idea of going on YouTube on a rainy day and watching a video and <laughs> coming up with images from the video. The idea that <laughs> that's research in quotes makes me feel like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm in the right field <laughs> that, Absolutely. that I could be doing this. And, uh, and, and that can be, that could be even titled research in any way, shape or form. Like I, I feel happy with that, you know? I feel happy for you for that. So it's like it's <laughs> like it, and I, I I was I was talking to someone about doing this podcast um, before it all actually came to shape, and I'm sim in this similar note, and and my 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 friend was like, so what you're basically going to do is sit down and talk to people who you like to read and listen to, and 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 just talk. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, well that's perfect for you, and you're. It's like, do you hope to get paid for this someday? I'm like, well, maybe if it's not, you know, going to be a pain in the ass, but, but, I, but it's really a, it's a work of love, and then, and then, so yeah, you have to love what you're doing, yeah, I think, and like, so if it's like in in doing my research for for talking to you, I'm like, and again, research is in quotes because this is right. really fun <laughs> shit to do, uh, so it's like, 
it's one of those things that like you got to love it. You have to love it. And if yeah. you don't love it, what are you doing? Right. So, right. Yeah, so and then uh, and on a, on the, on a, a different note, like I I, I mean I re, I've read from the hip hop a bunch of times because hip hop and poetry, like we've already talked about, is a perfect marriage for me. Mm. And uh, and. And uh, I got to the like you know it's pretty early on in the book because it's in the 80s uh, but I got to the to, to the potholes on my lawn, so rest in peace Trugoy, um, and I, I definitely I, I I had a good time the first time in first time and a bunch of other times reading that poem, but I got to tell you like you did hit me in the feels with that this last time I read it um, because like you were at the artistry of De La Soul, mm. and, and I definitely feel like you totally paid homage to like how brilliant those guys are that so for someone who thinks of them as like absolutely important to my own life thank you for writing that poem uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, uh, but uh yeah it broke my heart to know that he he passed this past yeah. weekend but... well you know i uh <laughs> obviously uh, i think uh, it's obvious that my goal is not to take anyone down <laughs> in, in any of these poems that you know this is a celebration of the art you know, and, uh, you know, just, I think the, um, the similarities between art and between, uh, music and poetry are just, it's too much to ignore, you know? I mean, I think that, you know, people who really immerse themselves in words, who really immerse themselves in poetry, or, you know, it could be hip hop or poetry, just people who immerse themselves in words that are rhythmic. Um, they have like, they have like a physical reaction to it. Um, and so when I listen to my favorite songs, you know, I'm really into jazz these days, but you know, it's been hip hop, it's been rock for, you know, over the course of my life. But I feel like the people who really immerse themselves in music or poetry or anything that is rhythmic in that way, they have a, like a physical reaction to it. It's not a mental exercise. It's uh, like it, it, it affects your musculature. Even listening, listening to a song, you know, you want to move your body to it when I read a, a, an excellent poem or any really good piece of writing, like I respond physically to it. And I think that is, uh, that's to me, that's one of the most important things, you know, that, you know, I think about A.E. A. E. Houseman, uh, the poet said, then when he was listening, you know, if he was shaving, he would have to be careful not to let a good line of poetry enter his head because if he did, his skin would bristle and the razor would like cease to act. Oh, wow. That's an intense thing. Uh, and yeah. em- Emily Dickinson said, well, you know, when, when she read a good poem, it felt like the top of her head came off. These are not things, these are not mental reactions. These are physical reactions. And I think that the people who really immerse themselves in the arts of poetry or spoken word, or, you know, the lyrics of hip hop or any music. It's not a mental exercise at that point, you know, mm-hmm. um, it is, it is uh, uh, I mean, at least half physical, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and so 
I, like I can, uh, I could be outside. So you're a Vermonter, or at least living in Vermont now. And I wasn't born a Vermonter, but here I am in Vermont. I could be outside, and if I'm thinking about a really intense line of poetry or a really intense line of uh, music, you know, lyrics for music, like I will start to sweat, and that sounds crazy. It sounds bizarre, but I really think that there is a, a huge connection between physicality and, you know, the mental perception of words and things like that. I think actually when I was in middle school, I think I was taught poetry very badly <laughs> and, and uh, it, it didn't make sense to me. And I was bored by it because it was just a mental exercise. And what, what those, uh, what those talks were missing was, um, you know, the physicality that it can affect your musculature, that it can affect your glands. It's glandular. It's Absolutely. Uh, if you really take in the words, whether it's hip hop, you know, um, or whether it's a, um, a poem that, uh, there's way more to it than just, uh, the mental perceptions, you know, that's yeah. like, that's minuscule to me at that, you know, at some point. Amen to that. Cause uh, that's, yeah, I, I definitely have a physical reaction to, to both poetry and music. Hmm. And it's like, uh, I know that in, in the music world, they call it synesthesia, right? Like, so it's like, oh, it's yeah. like a physical reaction. And, and I, I know that like, it's a, it's a whole body experience for me. And, yeah. Uh, so, so you know, like, especially if the poem is hitting, hitting on, on all cylinders and then, but the, but music, like music will do it so often to me and yeah. it'll just catch me and it doesn't even matter what, I'm, what mood I'm in or whatever. If it, if, if it catches me, it, it, it just, it sometimes knocks me sideways because I'm like, I'm not prepared for whatever <laughs> I'm feeling right now, but, uh, but sometimes it's, it's, it's exactly what I need to So. I mean, but that's that's great, right? Is to be, you know, sideswiped by feeling, you know. Absolutely. I, 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 you know, I, I often feel like I am a frustrated musician. I feel like uh, musicians have almost a direct access to, uh, you know, the listeners' listeners' emotions that they can tap into that and hit it really hard. Whereas, you know, the poet has to, at least on some level, be filtered through, you know, a, a, a conscious uh, reception, you know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, a lot of times I just, I, I would love to just be able to just hit it and not, <laughs> and not <laughs> have to, not have to go through those, uh, those, you know, jump through those hoops, you know? Yeah, I feel, I feel that. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's like, uh, and I've written about the, the, uh, the, the sometimes how words can really miss the mark because we have to think about how it sounds and, mm. and, and how the last word works with the next word. And uh, so it's, a, it gets to be a little more, um, I don't want to say mechanical because it's not how I write. And, yeah. Uh, but it's a, uh, but it definitely has to be a little more deliberate, I guess, is the, might be the word. 
Yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas music, music can definitely get you there a lot faster because like, they do have an open portal to you, like you said. And uh, yeah, so it's, I feel like sometimes, and I, and I used to play music back in the day, and then, uh, and these days I just, I, I make, make beats with, with GarageBand. Hmm. Um, and, but, uh, but if, on that note too, if I hit, if I get something wrong, my whole body feels, it, it actually hurts me. If yeah, something yeah. doesn't, if music doesn't sound right in general, not even being made by me, like it will hurt my body. And I'm like, that's, okay, then I will stay away from that song. <laughs> so, or that loop is not going to come back into this little track here. So it's like, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I I, love, I really love how you frame that. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you very much for framing it that way. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so thinking about form too, and then thinking about like the process and then all the feelings and everything is like, um, like I know I noticed that you do write in rhyme often, and you also you wrote a whole book in sonnets, and then I do want to touch upon the cookbook that you wrote in haiku and sonnets. Um, but I, but 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 I do want to actually really talk about the, those forms. So, what do those forms offer you as far as a poet? Like, do do you feel like they, they, you're being more creative because of the restraint, or or do you feel like you have to restrain yourself sometimes in those forms, or 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 why those forms? So I guess it's a few questions. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I think that there's that form. You know, whether you're writing in a haiku, sonnet, villanelle, sestina, whatever. For, writing in form helps you get out of your own intention, um, which is really important to me. I think, uh, you know, you can sit down and know what you're going to write about and uh, put it down. And that's fine. But to me, that is ultimately boring that uh you know uh, I, I, what i want what i want in the process of creativity and writing is to be surprised and uh so if i sit down and just write whatever's on my mind i'm not surprised but if i put it in the form of a haiku sonnet whatever um that gets me out of my intention it gets me out of my expectation and yeah um what i want out of this process is surprise and so if i feel like i'm sitting down and writing something that i just expected to write that's not exciting to me and i feel like it's probably not exciting to a reader and so the form allows me to get out of my expectation um and and surprise myself. And that's what I want. Like, I want to be surprised. Otherwise, what am I doing here? What is this art about, you know? And I feel like if I do surprise myself, then there's a possibility that I'll surprise a reader. Um, and to be honest, the reader is ex post facto. You know, this is like, I'm not <laughs> writing. I'm not writing for an audience. I'm writing to figure things out and understand the world and, uh, you know, um, but, uh, if, but the, but the, um, 
rhyme or whatever form allows me to push beyond expectation. And that's, that's to me, everything about what I'm trying to do. I think about like, you know, uh, jazz musicians, you know, they have a certain sense of uh, chord progressions. Sure. Great. That's lovely. But they don't know exactly what they're going to do. Um, and so I guess my creative process, at least in my mind, I would like it to be similar that I have a sense of what's going on, but I also want the music to drive me and send me in directions I didn't expect, you know? I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's, 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 that's similar to, to how I like to, to tackle a poem, too, is like I have the idea, and then I'm like, okay, what, what kind of ways can I say this? And let's not do it those ways. Yeah. Uh, so it's a... Uh, or what kind of ways have I heard this subject being talked about, or or read it being written about? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I like that. I get the element of surprise is definitely important, especially in poetry, as you you do or we do limit ourselves with the size of the writing too. Like we do mm -hmm. it a little little more succinctly, um, but altogether sometimes a little more uh, a, little, a little more uh, deeply as well too. So it's like it's. And I, not to say that I don't love prose writers because they, they do a thing that I know that I don't have the discipline to do. Uh, but I know I have the, the discipline to read and write poetry that is surprising and is is uh, going to keep me on my toes. Hmm. Uh, and I, I love that you you said ultimately you're not writing for an audience. Um, you're writing for yourself because it is your way of figuring out the world around you. Uh, so that's how I synthesize as well as I synthesize like through these types of things, put it through a forum, and if it still doesn't make sense, then I try again with another forum. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 that's a really awesome framing. So thank you for that piece of what what pulls you into it and what what, what goes through there. And so, I, but I, yeah, to say it's it can be a, it's a hell of a discipline. This whole poetry thing, isn't it? No, uh, yeah, I mean it definitely is. I mean, but. Uh... You know, obviously, conversations like this um, really is it like, uh, you know, we do these things. Most people do not write poems collaboratively, let's say. Right. <laughs> uh, it does happen, of course, yes. But, but, you know, conversations like this are important to, you know, we're, we're experiencing the same things. We're trying to you know, cross borders, make bridges, hear each other, um, feel uh, other people's, uh, you know, experiences. And uh, yeah, no, so I appreciate you. Hey, you got in touch with me and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to have, just have this conversation with you. It just, uh, it feels, feels right. right. Awesome. Thank you for, thank you again for coming with this, coming with me on this one. Cause yeah, I, I, I like I said, I was like, I, so I mean, I, I have your book. Uh, I have your book, and I've I've heard your poems, not all of them, obviously, but like I've, and I'm like I, I really want to talk to this person. Yeah. And then and that's like the and you're really you're you're in, and I I, I know I, I tried to lay into like when I first reached out to you to tell you what I was trying to do, and 
you're effortlessly like this contributing to this community that I'm trying to build. And then so huge, huge love for that. So thank you very much for the, for being a part of the corner community too. So like, that's, that's like, I just want to, I want all sorts of creative people to be, uh, to be here with me. <laughs> that's what it's yeah, basically yeah. what it wants to, that's what I wanted to do. And then, uh, that's why it comes back to what my friend was asking. Okay, so this is what you're gonna do. You can sit down and talk with other <laughs> cre- creative people, and and uh, and I actually got him on the show too because he he does some writing with media literacy and uh, and things like that. But, and he's gonna hear this and know that I'm I'm picking on him because uh, he has to be creative to reach people <laughs> to think about the media critically. <laughs> Come on now. So, uh, but. But yeah, I mean, it's this. This is that idea. That I really love that you're leaning into the community aspect of, of poeting, and uh, and writing those poems and, and sharing the poems. And and so I get. Okay, I know that you love hot sauce because we had that that conversation. But you wrote a you wrote a cookbook. Okay. Um, is it safe to say that you love love cooking, or I mean, or you, you you love food at least, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I gotta say, uh, you know, the writing that most attracts me is, you know, sensual in some way. Like, I my favorite things to read are poems or any writing about music, uh, poems or any writing about food. I think it's it is difficult. There's a challenge, right, to being able to express these very, um, you know, I, I think that we're really good as people <laughs> um, about describing visual things, um, but taste and sound are much more difficult uh, to express. And so when I see people doing it well, um, I'm really attracted to that. And so, uh, yeah, so thus, turn it up, music and poetry, but, you know, from jazz to hip hop, I love reading about music. Um, and, and, and thus this book where, uh, you know, I, I, I give recipes about, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, how to create delicious food. But I think a lot of people who are not really immersed in poetry think it's a really cerebral thing. And I think uh, being able, like trying to get across that it's not, it's, uh, it's really about being immersed in a body and how feelings are not alienated from just real sensual feelings of taste, touch, sound, smell. Like that means a lot to me. And um, you know, I, do I think that uh, the, the, the cookbook is my strongest work? No, I do not. <laughs> but I do think it's, but I, but I think it's important to acknowledge that uh, this is an art that is not just about you know, talking about castles in the sky, it's about real down-to-earth, sensual feelings. You know, like I said, like uh, whether it's sound or taste or touch or whatever, um, that's important to me. And and also that book, of course, is, you know, all the poems are either in science or haikus. So 
it, it appeals to two different parts of my personality. One is getting down to that sensual part, but also being able to construct language in a new way to be forced to say things that were unexpected because of either the, you know, the, you have to say th things in a certain number of syllables or you have to, um, you know, rhyme. I love that stuff where you're, you have, you, you have, um, Uh, you know, uh, parts that um, push you in a different direction that you than you expected to go. So, um, yeah, do what, I I, uh, I enjoy that book. I'm glad it's out there. But um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what that means to me. <laughs> yeah, so that I mean, food is a very good way to get get to the bottom of sensual living too. So yeah. Because I mean, it, it, it tastes good. It feels like it, the textures. And I'm yeah. a big. I mean, not only do I like poems and, and hip hop and jazz, or I should say, love all that stuff. But like, I love food too. I love to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so, Who and, 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 yeah. And so that really that captures all that to, that stuff too. So it's a that's a that. I, so I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm drumming up some sales for you too, even on on, on stuff that <laughs> that you say are is not your strongest work, but. But it also it lends itself, like you said too, like to the element of surprise too. It's like, who out there writes cookbooks and poetry? Um, <laughs> Steve Kramer does, but I, I, well, I can't think of anybody else. So. I mean, what I, what I will say is that, I mean, my my intention was, you know, when people read poetry, for the most part, they're sitting on their asses and reading the words and feeling them, and that is excellent. But I also try to think about like, oh, how many books of poetry have you get up off the couch and tell you what to do? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and, and like, and you follow the directions of the poem. And so it's like, you know, you have, you know, I was talking about earlier, having a physical response to poetry. Well, this is, takes it to a different level where like you are literally reading it and then going and doing something, you know, as opposed to, you know, I'm trying to think of other poetry that does that. And, you know, there's not a lot of it, you know, that, uh, that you're reading it and there's a physical, <coughs> a physical response to it, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is hitting on all the senses too, because I mean, you get to taste it, you get to smell it, you get to feel it, <laughs> like literally touch everything. And then, uh, and it, it's it's all there uh, but that's that's so that that really it like involves the body right off the bat too um, yeah so th i love it i love it uh, so listeners out there if you want an interesting way to get at poetry <laughs> and also have the reward of making a, a really cool dish at the end of it all right <laughs> uh, now I'm, i think i'm challenged to write the right not a not a cookbook per se but i, I feel like i want to write a poem or three about like getting someone off their ass and doing something so it's like, I don't know what that is yet. We'll, we'll find out. I've shared the coughs with you. So. Yeah, no, no. I'm sorry. That was my, that was my uh, contribution to, uh, you know, just <laughs> quid pro quo, you know. There we go. And 
yeah, so that's 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 fine. I'm, I'm going to take. Uh, you didn't know that you were issuing me a challenge, but I'm going <laughs> to write some sort of some sort of poem that gets people to do something with the poem, interact with it. I don't know if I'm going to make them make food, but we'll see. No, I love that. I love you know interaction, and you know again, it's about you know we're not <clears throat> sorry, that's we're right. not alone in that. Uh, <laughs> That we're not alone and that we uh, are interacting with each other and can influence each other and, uh, yeah, um, experience, you know, similar physical activities and commune that way rather than being so separate, you know? Right. I dig it. I dig it. Let's see, I, I, I'm kind of moving all over the, my map that I wrote, uh, and I knew I would do it because that's kind of how I work. Like I, yeah. my, my, my mind uh, has a has a plan, but then the rest of it, it's like, no, you know what? You should just go with what this is and um, go with it. Yeah. So, so I was thinking, like, you you wrote you wrote a poem in the From the Hip um, about Nas and New York State of Mind. Yeah. Uh, so so I want to. Without without a doubt, one of my all time favorite tracks ever, because um, I just think that that was his arrival, and I mean that I mean, from his first album. Uh, and for the listeners out there, if you don't know Nas, you should probably pick up Illmatic. Um, but I'm pretty sure if they're listening to me, then they know who Nas is and what Illmatic is. But but, uh, but what what is it about that song in particular that that really spoke to you and like you had to write about oh man i just you know it's so funny i just listened to this uh i listened to it with my wife either yesterday or two days ago i mean it's just phenomenal like to be able to come up with something and work on it and work on it and work on it and have it just and have it work that's one thing but to be able to, you know, ad lib and just come up with something on the spot and just be able to be so latched into the rhythm and the feeling of the piece. I mean, that is, that to me is, you know, close to godliness, you know, and I think that, I think that, uh, you know, he acknowledges, you know, he hears the rhythm coming on, he hears the backbeat, and to acknowledge that he's like, dude, I don't know, I don't know where the fuck this is going. <laughs> and right. it almost sounds like he's giving up, you know? And then a second later, he just hits the rhythm so hard. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, to, to me... I think it's vulnerability where he, you know, some people want to just show on their record when they're at their best. And for him to be able to say, dude, I don't know what the heck is going on here. And then five seconds later to hit the beat so hard with, you know, something that is, it doesn't sound like it's preconceived 
And I guess that links up with how I feel about writing in form, right? That like, right. you know, you, you're creating something on the spot. You're saying something that you didn't expect to say. And when he hits that beat, it is so just beautiful. Um, and I respect his vulnerability where some people would just start the track on their album with when they just started hitting the, when they hit the beat real hard. But, but no, he, uh, he wants all that to be on the record that I don't know where the heck I'm going. Here comes the beat. And then boom, here's what I'm doing. And he wrecks it after that, you know? And I just think, uh, it's, 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 it's hard not to respect that moment of vulnerability and then, I mean, just uh, mastering the moment, you know? Yeah, he, I mean, he was shining on that song, or he is shining on that song. And to yeah. think he, he was, like, he was so young when he did that oh. album, too. Like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember hearing that for the first time, and like when I when I saw that that part of your book, I'm like, oh man, like, like I'm really glad he that you got that song in there. But then, uh, yeah, but then, I, but I remember hearing that track for the first time, and I want to say I was about the age he was when he was discovered, but not when the album came out. Was, yeah, I I just remember thinking like this. The, I did. I said it out loud to friends who were listening to it with me, and I was like, "This guy's going to be yeah. this album. This uh, this 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 album is going to be considered one of the best things ever made." Yeah, and I, said, I, mean, I said that out loud. I mean, it's like, oh, and it and it doesn't take much to think that. I don't think because like he's giving it to you right there. I'm getting chills thinking about that he did it that song and that album. But holy shit! Yeah. Oh yeah. Holy shit is right. I mean, and, um, you know, and so the the end of that poem. Um, does refer to a kind of a, a very similar moment, and I love that it kind of crosses genres. So obviously that's a hip hop moment, but um, there's a moment in uh, a Miles Davis recording where um, you know Miles Davis is re is shouting out to Rudy Van Gelder, who's recording the the uh, um, the session. And, uh, you know, Rudy Van Gelder is saying, um, um, you know, kind of the, the session, I think, devolves into chaos because of, uh, you know, all the different players are not on the same page. And they start arguing about how things should be going down. I think it was Christmas Eve, actually. And uh, literally on the... Uh, recording after everybody's arguing miles davis says keep this on the record all of it you know and uh, i just love that uh the arguments the difficulties the you know where people kind of butted heads that wasn't something to be kept off the record it wasn't something to be kept out of public consumption Miles Davis wanted it to be in the actual final recording so that people could experience what made that record come to be. 
And to me, that's everything, right? It's just like we're not pretending we're recruiting these things in a vacuum and just we're all happy together. Like there's a big fat argument happening between all these freaking egos in the studio. And Miles <laughs> Davis had the, you know, a chutzpah to just be just to say, yeah, this is it. This is what makes the music. It's what makes everything that we do important. Like keep that on the record, you know? And so I, I felt the same type of thing when I, you know, when I was uh, listening to that Nas song, like, why are we, like, why would we try to keep that out of the official experience of the music? Let everyone know it's fucking difficult. It's not easy. It's not like, you know, a baking a cake. It's uh you know, a lot of people going through a lot of work and uh, working with through their emotions and and uh, and thoughts and you know, whatever, and coming to the same place and uh, working together. You know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and and bless DJ Premier for for picking up on that one too. Because yeah, I mean, like there, there's a guy like that that knew exactly when to hit record and when to, when to when to stop the tape too like and he still does i mean he still got it like, absolutely yeah, well, I mean, man like yeah, goosebumps yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that album that 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 one that was one of those ones that i i was you know i said it said it out loud to my friends but i was hoping i was right every step of the way and then uh, mm. a few people said oh no no it would We'll talk about it nostalgically, which I think we do. But at the same time, we talk about we talk about it because it is a, a, a work of art. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know many people, even people who do not do not consider themselves hip hop heads. They know that 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 cover. They know that the that little kid with the Queensbridge background. They, they, everybody knows that cover. Everybody knows that that album cover. Yep, uh, and that's just. And so I saw I saw that in your book. I'm like, yes, he's talking about that. I mean, at that point, I was still already enjoying the hell out of the book, but uh, but I got got to that part, and yeah, because Nas has been one of my all time favorites and one of the people I looked to, even in the, the, those moments where he wasn't quite as strong as he he was on Illmatic. But because uh, there's a couple albums where yeah, it's well, not the same, but I you mean, know we have that right. <laughs> You know, the thing is, you know, we, uh, I think that at our best, we judge writers on their best material. Like, I think, uh, you know, um, Walt Whitman has probably written some of the worst poems in the English language. They're fucking <laughs> terrible. They're terrible, you know, but, but we only read those poems once and we read Song of Myself. I mean hundreds sure. of times possibly and they're brilliant and so lovely and so do we think about those crappy poems that that you know um, that he wrote no i mean sure. they, don't, they don't come up in the conversation you know it's it's okay we forgive him he wrote some of the absolute best lines of poetry period in the english language and so yeah. I mean, you know, there's always that question like, does this poet uh, publish too much? Should they publish less? You know, and I, I think there's a legit, there's a legit uh, conversation there. But, 
but yeah, in terms of Nas, <laughs> in terms of uh, you know some of these greats, let's like let's forgive them for some of the lesser known works and just celebrate just how fucking awesome their best work is. Period. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that is. Yeah. That's where the that's where the validity is. That's where we should live. It's like celebrate what's good. Yeah. Not that we forget what's bad, but like let's try to build off of what's good and what's great, and then uh, yeah, and then it, it, you live a little bit happier that way. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a yeah, and I, I remember um, there was a I don't I remember how the debate started. It was me and a few other people, and we we're talking about Nas, and uh, and the the conversation ended because like you know, I was just trying to say like you know the guy give him his career because the guy's been around for almost thirty years now. Yeah. Like I'm fine, you know, if he does uh, you know, an album that doesn't quite hit the same way here and there. Like the the guy's made a life and then yeah. uh, this person tried to come back at me and then another person just says like, Motherfucker, did you make Omatic? No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so so you can't you can't say anything about this. And then like that ended the debate because like all I was trying to say is like let's just celebrate yeah the the awesomeness that he did do. No, I mean celebration is every like. Do we do we think about Paul McCartney's newest album, or do we do we think about Abbey Road? You know what I mean? Like, right. why are we why are we having this conversation? Like, let's just celebrate what has been just freaking brilliant, you know? And and then uh, you know try and take people down. I think I don't know. I just I think in in any art, I feel like ego. It doesn't. It it just hurts everything, you know. Like, why are we, why are we trying to take people down instead of just appreciating <laughs> what, right. you know, what they've accomplished, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I, I that's it. Like, I I sometimes get in the rut with T. S. Eliot, as I like he uh, he he rubs me the wrong way in so many different ways. But then I remember uh, the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock and Wasteland, and I'm like, okay. All right, I'll, I'll I'll lay off you now because you wrote those. And those are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, a, so but I do get in those like, and I think we all do. But uh, but it's but it's because so, it's so easy to to be in a rut and to be in negative in negative space. So to celebrate what's good, yeah. I mean that's like I said, like it just it makes life more livable, and and it just it keeps. I think it, it really it fuels you much better than than the negativity ever will. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to hit to hit that because like New York State of Mind uh, to me is one of the most perfect pieces of poetry I've ever heard. Mm, uh, so good it is. And uh, he, yeah, he arrived as a poet first album. I mean, holy shit! <laughs> Come on, guys. Um, so thinking about, uh, I'm also thinking about other other musicians that I've heard you mention, and uh, and I know that you mentioned jazz a lot in your poetry and in the work with poetry. Um, one poem I really, really dig of yours is uh, where you talk about John Coltrane's "Sweet Tooth." Um, mm. So, so I'm not, I don't know. I don't know how people do the like their favorites and rank. I don't rank things. I don't have a top five per se. I just have stuff that I really love. Coltrane is somebody I absolutely cannot go without talking about when we're talking about music because he is like I don't rank, but he is the number one musician ever for me yeah and, uh, uh, so so what so what brought you to 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 well talking about his sweet teeth teeth for one uh but two like how 
how does he inform you? Because uh, I'm very interested in how John Coltrane specifically informs your, your poetry. You know, uh, I have to thank my undergraduate uh, teacher in poetry, Sasha Feinstein, who turned me on to jazz. I mean, I was uh, an 18-year-old um, and listened to, you know, pretty much just the schlock of whatever was on the radio. <laughs> um, went to college, did not expect to be informed by poetry at all, although I had been into poetry for for years. I, you know, I um, I didn't expect to fall into the arms of a wonderful... English department, and I did. So Sasha Feinstein, if you don't know him, you should check him out, is a wonderful poet um, and uh, uh, editor of uh, um, a couple anthologies of um, jazz poetry and editor of a journal of jazz poetry. And uh, he's just great. And um, I had not listened to jazz at all. And he said, Steve Kramer, you need to check out this and this and this. And, you know, there was an album by Monk. I forget whether it was Monk's Music or uh, Brilliant Corners or maybe both. He was like, you need to check out John Coltrane. Um, you need to check out blah, blah, blah. Um, and so that was my first experience with Train. Um, and it just changed everything. It just... Uh, you know, the poetry that I'd be interested in before that was uh, very, um, you know, nature-based. And uh, when I started listening to uh, this jazz, it was much more, um, you know, there was an urban feel, a more musculature, a more muscular, I don't know, a more... Um, I don't know. It, it felt uh, stronger and uh, and you know less flimsy. I guess the images that I was being exposed to, and so yeah, um, listening to Train was everything to me. And so um, yeah, all of a sudden I wasn't writing about uh, you know the natural world, which is great, but also a very kind of standard uh, subject for poetry, but more urban uh, images. And so, yeah, Coltrane, Coltrane's Teeth, that poem came out of that. And, uh, yeah, there's actually a, a really um, interesting poem um, that is not my own from Turn It Up, um, the anthology that I uh, um, edited um, by Michael Stillman, uh, it's called In Memoriam John Coltrane. And when I was exposed to that, it changed everything. It just, it changed the way I felt about language. It changed the way I felt about like what the subject matter of poetry could be. And uh, so, yeah, I just feel very, very grateful to have, you know, been exposed to that by Sasha and, uh, and you know, and where that led me, it took me down a different, a completely different path. That's incredible. Like, Coltrane has that kind of power over people, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's a, 
Like I, 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 I just like I can't tell you how many times like I listen to a track from him and hear something different or learn something different about myself mm-hmm. even. And I, I, I don't know all the time as if that was his intention, but like in given the, the, what I've heard him say about his music and his approach to it, something tells me it was his intention to help people learn about themselves. Mm. Uh, it's like, uh, so it's, yeah, he's fantastic. So that's an awesome origin story for, for you and jazz too. So yeah, uh, but that's a hell of a way in too, like with Thelonious Monk and Coltrane in that mix. Oh, <clears throat> That's a, yeah, definitely. You're not you're not going to be bored with either of them. So you know, a, the thing you say that like how how train is uh, helping you discover things about yourself. I, I don't even know that that's his intention. I think that like what we're doing is experiencing him, discovering things about himself. You know, okay. and and, uh, and 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 thus you know then it we we mirror 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 it in our experience. You know. Oh, that makes that makes total sense. Yeah, that yeah. Would, that, yeah. I mean, he was nothing if not an adventurer. Yeah. So, yeah, and it was all about you know trying to figure out the next next thing, or even just yeah. trying to figure out how to figure it out. So that's a that, that's a that's a, I love I love that origin story, and I love how you put that. Thank you very much. I say I I, I wrote not too long ago about that like these conversations that I'm having with with fellow creative people. Has has enlightened me to places where like I'd never thought about before, and so thank you very much for for adding to that. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, outside of Coltrane, do you have any other favorite jazz jazz musicians that are like that you you go to often? Uh, Monk Thelonious Monk is, uh, I mean, <laughs> he's my he's my go to. Um, I love uh, Mingus. Another Trump character, <laughs> Bill Evans, Stan Getz, Art Pepper. You know, these are uh, the people I go to again and again. I mean, I, I, I try to vary it up, but uh, but yeah, Monk is definitely the core, and uh, and, and and yeah, there's uh, there's there's lots of others that you know we try to vary it up as much as we can. But hey, let me let me tell you this: there is a. Um, you know, since this is about music and poetry, one of my favorite poems is uh, about Train. Um, it's by a guy named Michael Stillman. Okay. Um, and uh, he wrote a poem, In Memoriam John Coltrane. In Memoriam John Coltrane. I'm writing this down right now. <laughs> well, it's, it's in Turn It Up. You, you okay. can see it um, if you're interested, but... In Memoriam, John Coltrane is, you know, possibly one of my favorite poems. It's so darn good. Um, Let me read it. It's nine um, lines long. Let me read it to you. Okay. Um, In Memoriam, John Coltrane. Listen to the coal rolling, rolling through the cold, steady rain, wheel on wheel. Listen to the turning of the wheels this night. Black as coal dust, steel on steel. Listen to these cars carry coal. Listen to the coal train roll. Which, I mean, to me, it's such a beautiful piece sonically. You know, you've got all those long O's. Listen to the coal 
rolling, rolling through the cold. You get those long E's, you get, you know, wheel on wheel, steel on steel. You get the, you know, those harsh C's, these cars carry coal. I just love the way that he's paying so much attention to the sonics, to the sound of this thing. Um, and the poem is also three haiku long. It's three haiku, yeah. uh, you know, right next to each other. And I just think it's so interesting to me how, you know, like Coltrane, like jazz, it's it feels almost improvised within a set form. Like you're not just going to improvise over nothing. He's thinking about these three haiku and improvising the language across those forms, you know? And I, I also think, you know, you know, he gets at the sense of the music without reference to the music at all or the biography at all. And, uh, he takes what could be a horrendous occasion for a poem, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> a pun on a pun on Coltrane's name, and turns that kind of base material into pure gold. Yeah. Like, you know, he writes about a coal train, literally. Now I'm thinking if I tried to do that, that poem would be pure crap. Um, but he somehow manages to make that work over the course of three haiku, messing with form, messing with uh, messing with all that material, and and just makes it work almost miraculously, you know. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm looking at it right now too because I just pulled it up. Uh, yeah. yeah, it just just it the way each haiku wraps into the the next as well, and like it just. And I, I'm, I'm hearing the Coltrane cycles as well in this poem. Yeah. So right, right. Like taking three notes and three or four notes and, you know, uh, uh, experiencing them in, in, in as many different ways as you possibly can, you know, a, a simplicity, but then uh, messing with it, you know? Yeah. That's, and it's, it's, a, it's such in the spirit of, not only jazz, but especially John Coltrane. I mean, yeah. To take that, that yeah, because you take that form and and just play with it and just turn it up on its head and and just like Coltrane did with the saxophone and and with his his chord progressions and sometimes it wasn't like a chord progression; it was more like a, a leap from one end to that cycle <laughs> to another. And yeah, yeah. So it's like, and it, yeah, I feel that in this poem, and that's a that's a, so so. Shout out to Michael Stolman for that one. Oh yeah, he he nailed that. I, honestly, it's it's one of my favorite poems ever. Phenomenal, just on so many levels, like sonically, formally. You know, it's so condensed, and okay. uh, obviously, it's about one of my favorite favorite subjects ever. So uh, right. yeah, it, it's hard to come up with a criticism of that work. You know, All right. yeah, Stolman is definitely speaking your language. Yeah, and so it's, uh, that's that's pretty that's that's dope. Uh, so, and uh, so as uh, as a follow up too, so since I asked you about like your go to jazz, who do you who do you go to in in the world of hip hop? You know, I uh, I was very into hip hop um, 
growing up, Beastie Boys were huge for me. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, one of the things I, I love about them is their, their kind of arc, where I was into them when I was really young. And they were saying things that were not really a lot that didn't align with my belief systems now right. <laughs> yeah, misogynistic and uh you know just into drinking big you know beer and things like that and uh, i i liked i liked them uh you know i liked the rhythm and the newness of hip-hop at that point early 80s you know um but what i really love about them is their arc that they started off that way and then you know mca got into buddhism and they you can really watch them develop consciences <laughs> and uh you know they obviously they they i don't know obviously but they rectified their thoughts about women in their lyrics and uh and became much more more worldly and caring. And so, you know, I recognize that I am a white, straight dude. It's very predictable for me to like, you know, particularly somebody from uh, from from my uh, um, age group to, to like that group. Um, but what I really like about them is how they changed and they really did revise themselves over course of the decades and and weren't afraid to to just say yeah we were kind of stupid <laughs> when we first <laughs> you know our first lyrics were not necessarily uh um you know should not represent how we feel now and they and um revision i think was um was a wonderful thing and so anyway um that's who i grew up with who i liked most you know, Run DMC, when I first, you know, when we were first listening in the early 80s, I, I loved the heck out of them. Um, so when I think about hip hop, I think about who I first loved. Um, and it's interesting now to think about those things where, you know, when I first listened to Run DMC, I was like, oh, okay, all right, this is cool. Um but now I'm hearing how uh, they kind of rubbed against the establishment. For me, when I was first listening, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, these are the guys, you know? Right. But, but really, you know, they were, A, not from the Bronx. You know, they were from Queens. Uh, B, they were, you know, they, they were educated. They went to college. Right. And the people who originated hip hop and you know rap were not you know they were not college educated and uh and so i always thought when i was growing up they were the center of it all but really they took what you know all this like the vibrancy from you know what was happening in uh, in the Bronx and things like that, and uh, and and rework it into something that was applicable to a larger kind of population. You know what I mean? But so, really? so it's interesting for me to hear the early Beastie Boys, hear the early uh, you know Run DMC, and and to kind of hear those things in context 
rather than, you know, just taking them for granted. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, I remember when I was, I was a little, yeah, probably a little kid when they were first coming up, right? I mean, that's a, so like, I remember with both Beasties and, and Run DMC, they were loud too. Yeah. So it's like, especially for that time period. Yeah. And those, I mean, those are both pretty seminal in my, my growing up too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, with a little bit of Fat Boys and, uh, and Houdini. Yeah. Uh, but, well, it's also interesting to see how, you know, lyrically things have changed. You know, I mean, uh, you know, the rhyme scheme of, uh, of uh, you know, some of the early stuff was really basic. And now, yeah. I mean, it's insane, the lyric virtuosity of some of the people who are, you know, who are rapping now. It's just, it's, uh, it's just a different level altogether you know yeah it's it's pretty bonkers to hear what you can hear now yeah yeah absolutely yeah like i'm i'm sure you're you're familiar with um with pharaoh Monch. yeah yeah he that's a guy that that every time i hear him i'm 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 just floored by what he's doing with him with those words like internal rhymes and then end and beginning rhymes and like and like there's some things that don't rhyme, but he makes them sound like they rhyme somehow. Like <laughs> yeah. It's not even a forced rhyme, but like, like say, I say, he's he's one of my my go tos, and uh, I've I've contacted him, but I've heard him heard back yet. But not kind of whether he's going to come onto the corner too. So. <laughs> but it's so fun to see, you know, where we came from and where we are, and who knows where we're going, you know. But right. It is definitely exciting. It's it's a creative process, and. Uh, I just feel like it's getting more and more, you know, people are being able to interpret things in a in a looser and thus more creative way, and uh, we'll see where it goes. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with the, the advent of the internet and everything too, it's becomes that much easier and yeah. also harder because everything's at your fingertips now too. So, um, uh, that's that's a pretty. Uh, I I had a feeling that Beasties were were up there for you because like I, I see, saw a number of their poems, or a number of your poems and from the hip about them and then, uh, uh, and so and is it the is it when it comes to hip hop is it is it really is I mean now we talked about sonically, these are groups so like Run DMC, Beasties, uh, Public Enemy, uh, they all did something that nobody ever heard before in music. But then there's the lyrical part of it. Um, at an early age, were you catching on to like what these dudes were saying too, or like did it just kind of come with you as you got older? Um, and was that something that appealed to you? Is like what they were saying too? Uh, you know, I, it's an interesting question. I think honestly, I was most attracted to the rhythm and, uh, you know, I think that, you know, I'm thinking about early, early hip hop, you know, some of the messages were not, I mean, hip hop has been a great, um, you know, vehicle for so many positive, you know, interactions and things like that. (laughs) But what I was listening to at first was not necessarily of that caliber. And uh, what I most latched onto was the rhythm. And uh, I honestly feel like even in poetry, not even in poetry, but in poetry, the rhythm is what 
uh, pulls me in. Um, and I, I really feel that, uh, yeah, it's not just about what you say, what you're describing, but if you can uh, frame it with rhythmic language. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I feel um, my interest in hip hop or jazz or whatever, any kind of music, that's where those two things kind of clasp hands um, is, is, uh, is the rhythm, you know? I remember the first, um, the first poem I ever heard, I was in sixth grade and uh, yeah, I, I was in sixth grade and I heard this poem by Stanley Kunitz, who, I mean, he, he was born in 1905, died in 2006. He was a hundred years old and uh, I had never heard poetry before. I was in sixth grade, heard this poem and I was thinking, what the heck is going on here? And, you know, even before any of the meaning of the words hit me, hit my brain, I was completely enthralled by the sounds and rhythms of the words. And so I, I guess I feel the same way about hip hop or any other music, that the rhythm is what really latches on to my musculature. Again, I want to say that, like, it is a physical thing that I respond to, you know? Okay, so I, I had a feeling that's where like I was going to, but being word, word, you know, poetry being words, I had to ask, you know? So, yeah. But, because like, cause you, you do have, uh, like when you early on in this conversation, we were talking about rhythm and how the rhythm of the words is super important to you. Yeah. Um, so it's, so in, in rap, hip hop is not going to be, in, in jazz too, for that matter, it's not going to be as strongly received without that 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 rhythm, that clear and and very catchy rhythm. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the that was I mean as an early on, and you know, that was what really got me into into hip hop as well. Mm-hmm. Is this is that wasn't so much what they were saying, was it how they were saying it? But you know, I also think it's important to to recognize and to like just repeat that. Poetry is an oral art form. Like it was spoken and memorized and passed down for thousands of years before it was ever put on a page. And so although it's lovely to be able to pick up a book of poetry and read it, ideal, you know, that's not its natural habitat. Its natural habitat is the air. It is, uh, it's between the poet's voice and your ears. Like that's where it wants to live. And I feel like, Reading a book of poetry is great, but it only it mostly serves to emphasize that experience. You know, so I love to hear poetry, their work, and then when I when I when I sit down with the book, I hear their voice when I read the words, and the whole experience becomes more intimate. It becomes more real. You know that. Uh, just like music, it is not supposed to be confined to a page. Music, you know, just looking at musical notes on the pages, what, what is that going to do for you? I mean, very little, you know? And so right. I, I feel the same way with poetry, that it's, it's meant to be heard. And then, of course, we can experience it after the fact on the page, you know? 
It's like it's sometimes there is some people playing with the the shape of it, and uh, but it, but yeah, I, I I totally and wholeheartedly agree that poetry is something that should be should be oral and should be heard and you know and quite often when I read poetry I'm reading it out loud even if it is quiet yeah it, um, I'm I'm reading it so I can hear it and uh, and I love it when I when I have seen videos of poets reading their poems or if I've heard like you know audio versions that way when I go back to the book I can actually I could I could implant their their voice into their poems I was like, I have a hard time catching an actual voice unless I know the voice. Mm. So, so it's a, so it's a, so I, that's why I always put the, especially the first reading, I put a poem out loud for myself. If it's me reading it, or if it's my wife reading it to me, because sometimes she'll do that. Poetry um, is not always her favorite thing. So, and she won't mind me saying that. But she married a poet, <laughs> so there we go. And, but, uh, but yeah, it's a. Yeah, coming back to that rhythm idea is, uh, is I think that's absolutely key. Uh, so what? Um, so I had the question and then I lost it. Huh. <laughs> Crap. Um, so uh, thinking about um, like thinking about like that's what I was thinking about the rhythm idea and thinking about like something that just kind of explodes your body in a way um, and makes you have that reaction. Was there anything? Uh, anything in the world of poetry, like you heard it the first time, and you're like, "Yeah, I gotta keep hearing this." And and then, so I guess that's the way that they ask that question. So. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean, I have a, you know a, a, a constellation of poets that I come back to. Um, like I said, Stanley Kunitz uh, was the you know the first, but. Um, Yusef Komunyaka, I think, is one of the strongest. I mean, I should just eliminate. I think <laughs> is one of the strongest <laughs> poets writing these days. Um, I love a, a, a woman named um, uh, Linda Ho. is one of my favorite writers. She unfortunately died very young and has only three books out there. But uh, I think her third book, "The Only World," is just. I mean. I go back to it so often. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to just uh, to find the writers who really speak to you. And then I th I, even when I do that, I feel like my job is to return to them as often as I can, whenever I need them, whenever I need something to put me back in touch with you know, uh, the world with my, you know, with my feelings towards the world, <laughs> you know, I, I, I go back to the same, the same books, the same poems. And of course, you know, there are always new voices that, uh, you know, introduce themselves into the mix. But, um, but yeah, I would say Yusef Komunyaka, Linda Hull, um, or, or, um, two of the two of the writers that I come back to very very often, I would say, Mark Doty is an amazing poet who you know works on a different, he has different kind of themes, different kinds of images, but I think he's a beautiful poet. Um, David Wojohn uh, is one of my favorites. So yeah, I mean, 
it's almost like you get to choose your family. You know, you get to choose who who really speaks to you, who brings you back to yourself and makes you feel most alive, makes you feel most attuned to the world around you. You know, those are the people who do that for me. That's awesome. Uh, I love to hear uh, how other poets see other poets because it's a, it definitely gives you a little insight on, into into what inspires a writer and and uh, like what kind of what kind of poem poems and poetry and poets inform a writer too. Like I, I like to like yourself. I like to keep it a little. I like to keep it varied and keep it to people who uh, who speak to me somehow. And then like I like that. I feel like I can come back to, and st- and still feel new with it, and yeah. still still be surprised by it. To use your words, and yeah, it's it's definitely I love I love that framing. Yeah, so I like that, and that's one of my favorite things to do is to talk to writers about who who they love in writing. And but uh, but speaking of writing, um, is it is it remiss of me to ask you to share any poems of your own or? Ah. <laughs> um, sh- I mean, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right. Not to put you on the spot, but I mean, it's like... No, no, no. Okay. Um, let me see here. What is... Uh, what will work here? You know, you, you know, you've got a musical kind of theme. I have a few that I think would work, but... Um, yeah, let's do this one here that... Uh, I have a poem called Cold Was the Ground. Um, and I guess there's a little bit of a backstory that you might that you might need. Um, in 1977, there was a spacecraft Voyager um, that we launched with a golden record on it. Um, and it held sounds and songs from planet Earth. Um, and it was supposed to act as an introduction to any alien species that might inter, you know, intercept it. Um, and so, yeah, like uh, a lot of my work um, uh, takes off from a musical theme and this is uh, not unique in that way. It takes off from that musical theme. Um, so yeah, on that on that disc was a song called "Dark Was the Night, Cold Was the Ground." Um, it's by a guy named. It's a blues song by uh, Blind Willie Johnson. And if 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 anyone out there has not heard "Dark Was the Night, Cold Was the Ground" by Blind Willie Johnson, that is my assignment to you: is to just go out <laughs> and listen to this song. But here's here's the uh, poem that. I was inspired by that. So it's called Cold Was the Ground. A moan dragged across gravel, a guitar's metallic complaint and shimmy. These sounds rattle the zodiac, wail to the mute eruption and flare of a collapsing star. Dark Was the Night, Cold Was the Ground by Blind Willie Johnson, three minutes and 15 seconds of of bruised spiritual is touring the cosmos alongside the Brandenburg Concerto and Johnny B. Good on the spacecraft Voyager. The music flanked by a slew of natural sounds, surf and thunder, crickets, a kiss, a heartbeat, 
an oral primer to planet, planet Earth. The world is phonic. What is matter? Blueberry, backhoe, the back of your hand, but the shards of that primeval sound when the universe detonated from the ghost of a pebble. On this journey, any one man's history is dwarfed by a boundless gulf and pulsar. Voyager, long past Pluto, is a hundred thousand years from the next system. But here you are on Earth, and so it matters that when Johnson was seven, his stepmother, aiming for his father, cast lie into his face, the price for his father's infidelity. Blinded, he was resigned to a street corner, the dull rattle of tips pooling in a cup, a woman passing to another running catalog of bouquets, husk of sweat at first, then salt, then almonds, her body's continuous assertions grown hyperbolic. He could smell moods, their delicate swerves, evident as each nuance of skin's pit and swell. He could smell the fur before it touched his arm, before the woman backed away in a clatter of heels. And years later, he could smell the stench of soaked char in the ruined pit of his house. Turned away from the hospital after the fire that gutted his roof, he returned to a rain-soaked bed of newspaper and soot, and pneumonia killed him in the ashes, between it, beneath a ceiling not of wood or of plaster, but of stars. What are blues with no human to hear? What's a kiss or a heartbeat to that grand sweep of interplanetary ash, but molecules bumping molecules. Stranger, unimaginable intergalactic pilgrim who's never even heard of a tongue. If you found this note curled in our million dollar can, hear the absurdity of our glory and our pain. Transmute it into we know not what, space dust, star, star kindling, Restore us back to sound. I, was, I like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh -huh. uh, I was, to that, that goes back to the sound and the and the and the, and the rhythm too. Because like that definitely I took on the blues in that. I think yeah. <laughs> I'm feel I'm feeling that. I think. Thank you very much for for sharing that one. Uh, I was, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I was like, I, no, I guess no, no. Like, uh, <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so like I said like earlier too, is that I like to like if if there's room to to share the artist art, I like to do that as best as possible. Yeah, yeah. And there, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hear I'm gonna listen to that song later tonight. I think. Oh, you have to. It's yeah. so, I mean, yeah. it's just uh, it's like it's almost. Uh, you know, it's uh, pre-intellectual. There's an animal, just, you know, deep musculature feeling of that blues song where he just, he hits it. It's at a level both above and below language, you know, and uh, yeah, pretty special. I do love the blues too. When I get a chance to listen to music, I, I... That's one of the places I go, and, uh, and yeah, the blues is quite 
quite powerful music. I mean, even at that, like you said, like even at that animalistic, like all feeling level, it's yeah. uh, it's, it's it's such a beautiful music. Mm. Uh, yeah. But I, incidentally, I did it last night. I just saw Keb Mo perform. No like, way. About, like, giving up blues, yeah. Like, he, oh man, I'm amazing, amazing. Nice. 71, 71 years young, and he's still kicking ass and taking. Oh it. my god, I can't believe he's that old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't either. Like he looked, he looked great. So uh, I couldn't believe he was that old either. I'm like, huh. hey, guess I could. But he, uh, he was, he's amazing, and I love the blues. Like uh, my my stepfather is a big blues fan, and so mm. I got into blues uh, primarily through him. Um, so I listened to uh, you know. Uh, but Willie Dixon and uh, uh, Robert Johnson and like a lot of the really old like tinny recordings from a lot of the old cat, cats that played. And, yeah. Uh, so that poem of yours definitely gave me the feel of that like the old the other those those days of the tin tinny uh, recordings and everything. But still somehow the beauty transcends that tinniness. Mm, yeah, and yeah. The, and the limitations of, of that. Uh, very cool. <clears throat> So was, I feel like I feel like I'm we're winding down because I got through all, actually all the questions and I'm pretty proud of myself for that. <laughs> so, Good work. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure if there's anything else you'd like to cover or you like to sh- if you'd like to share. And I definitely want to give you that opportunity. Um, but there actually there is one more question I would like to ask before anything else happens, if that's cool. Yeah. Um, um, I like to I like to ask guests when I remember to ask the question anyway because I don't always do. I'm running about fifty fifty. Um, so if I were to ask someone else to come to the corner, who, in your opinion, should I be asking? Oh, interesting. Wow. Um, huh. I mean, I, I would, I'm always interested in, uh, I mentioned Yusef Kamunyaka before. He is phenomenal because, uh, you know, he's a great poet, but also really informed by music. Um, I mean, I guess if I, if I had one answer to give, that would be it. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, um, you know anybody who's informed. I think that poetry and music is such a you know they're both so intertwined, and anybody whose poetry is informed by that musicality that that means a lot to me. And so anybody who you can find who does that, that, uh, you know, that would work. Word, word. Uh, that's, yeah, I, I love asking that question when I, or like I said, when I can remember it. <laughs> sometimes it, <laughs> sometimes my mind just geeks out on me and I'm like, I, I get into another moment of, and, yeah, and it's, it's the thing that my wife calls both brilliant and crazy at the same time. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, they're, they're close. They're close friends, brilliant and uh, crazy. So. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so, and yeah, it was, I, I mean, obviously if there's something, if there's more you would like to, to say or share that I don't want to cut anything short, but, uh, but uh, so if there is anything else you'd like to say or share or where people can find you, especially, um, then definitely drop that because um, I definitely want to give you the note to drop on, like to drop out of the conversation. I want to give you all the the avenue of in respect of coming on. So I want to make it your moment, especially. Um, so, I, you know, I appreciate that. I, I really do. I, um, 
but I just, uh, I also feel like, you know, I'm not in this for self-promotion. Um, I'm, I'm in this to uh, commune with other people who feel, you know, strongly about, uh, about poetry, about music. And, um, and uh, yeah, no, I've just had a, a, a great time talking with you and, uh, you know, hearing about your experiences. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I feel like yeah, I have a website. <laughs> uh, you know, you can find my books on, uh, you know, online or whatever. But, um, but that's really not what, what I'm in this for. I think that, um, you know, it's being able to talk and have go back and forth about our feelings about uh, you know our passions that is that is what it's all about and so no i i thank you for you know for seeking me out um and uh you know having me on the corner and uh no i just appreciate appreciate your efforts to to make connections and that's that's to me what it's all about so mm -hmm. Thank you very much, sir. Like that's and thank you very much for coming on. And uh, absolutely. And you're you're absolutely right. This is a, what it is about is about community, about building that. And and thank you for for being you're now a friend of the corner. Like we're not we're not friends. So I'm just going to deem it right there. So that sounds uh, great. Right. Yeah, I'd love uh, to be in touch with you uh, in the future. And let's let's uh, yeah let's be uh, let's not be strangers. I'm I'm game. All right. And uh, Steve, thank you very much for coming on with me. All right, Matt. Hey, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, keep on keeping on. Uh, you too. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good night. Have a good night, man. Yeah.